Hello, this is Don and Carla Jones. Keep, Keep listening, listening to, to Candid Conversations, Conversations with Lady K here on IamRadio.com. Hello, I am Radio Family, and thank you for joining me here on Candid Conversations with Lady K. The show desires to share top-of-mind discussions on topics which are thought-provoking and relevant in our world today. So, let's jump right into today's show. continues to reign over your lives and that you're enjoying a wonderful, wonderful weekend. Well, here on Candid Conversations with Lady K, we desire to share relevant discussions that are top of mind within our world, as well as share some amazing gospel music for you to enjoy. On our show today, we are going to share the rich musical legacy of the father of gospel music, Dr. Thomas A. Dorsey. We'll be hearing from several individuals who will be sharing their journey as members of the National Convention of Gospel Choirs and Courses, the musical organization that Dr. Dorsey founded back in 1932. The National Convention is the place where many gospel music artists have actively participated in, such as Reverend James Cleveland, Sally Martin, Willie Mae Fort Smith, the Barrett Sisters, Bishop Kenneth Moles, Hezekiah Walker, and many, many more. Gospel music, known as the good news of Jesus Christ, is the genre of music that has withstood down through the ages and is still very much relevant today. I pray you will be blessed as we pay homage to the man who brought gospel music to the forefront so many decades ago here on Candid Conversations with Lady K.
Thomas A. Dorsey's leadership in gospel music is responsible for the rise of the gospel sound and the legacy carried on by present-day gospel artists. Thomas Andrew Dorsey is the acknowledged father, if not leader, of the early gospel song movement. As a composer, pianist, conductor, and organizer of choirs, his influence on the gospel sound laid the foundation for what we know gospel music to be today. Thomas Dorsey was born in Villa Rica, Georgia on July 1, 1899, to Etta Plant Spencer and Thomas Madison Dorsey. His mother was a church organist and his father was an itinerant Baptist preacher. His first exposure to music was as a child in Mount Prospect Baptist Church, where his parents worshipped from time to time. This is where he heard sacred music, shape note singing, and spirituals, and moaning songs. In 1908, Dorsey's family moved to Atlanta. In Atlanta, Dorsey was exposed to music, like Dr. Watson's early blues and jazz. As a butch boy selling soft drinks and popcorn during intermission in the Nickelodeon movie house, the 81 Theater, he met many live musicians, including Ed Butler, a famous silent movie theater pianist. In his active pursuit of music, Dorsey would hang around the live musicians before and after shows, asking them to show him how to play songs on the piano. Dorsey received formal piano lessons from a Mrs. Graves, who had a piano studio near Morehouse College. From Mrs. Graves, he learned to read music and use proper fingering techniques. As a child prodigy, he was able to master several instruments by the time he was a teenager and began playing blues and ragtime. During this time, he also wrote many jazz songs. He even began to substitute for Ed Butler from time to time at the movie house. On August 1, 1925, Thomas Dorsey married Nettie Harper, who he first met while she was rooming at his uncle Joshua Dorsey's house. Nettie Harper accepted Dorsey's proposal for marriage after putting him off for several months to make sure he was the right one. Dorsey was overjoyed when Ma Rainey then hired Nettie as a wardrobe mistress. As a member, Nettie was able to travel on tours with the band. Having his wife near and being able to develop his unique blues and jazz styles for the mother of blues gave Dorsey peace from the conflict and self-doubt that plagued him since he began his professional career. Despite his wife's presence, Dorsey continued to suffer from a number of emotional struggles and personal losses that took a powerful toll on his health. While in Ma Rainey's Wildcat Band, Dorsey noticed an unsteadiness in his hands. It progressively got worse and made him incapable of playing, composing, or arranging music. This led to a deep depression that lasted two years as his condition was incurable. Quote, I knew not where to turn. It was a sad thing to me. It was hard to bear. Nettie took a job in laundry where she spent her days working for one whole year to support us. I was perplexed, sick, disturbed, and a bundle of confusion. End quote. Coming from a religious background, Dorsey, finding himself in such a low place, saw comfort in the church. There, Bishop H.H. H. Haley encouraged Dorsey, and then was reported to have pulled a live serpent out of Dorsey's mouth. This, in a sense, released Dorsey, and from that time on, he claims to have suffered no more. From 1929 on, Dorsey committed himself exclusively to gospel. Then, on August 26, 1932, during a concert, Dorsey received a telegram saying, Hurry home, your wife is sick, she's going to have the baby. When Dorsey arrived back in Chicago, Nettie was already dead. The baby, Thomas Andrew Dorsey Jr., was alive and healthy. But then his newborn son died a few days later. 
quote, I entered the Pilgrim Baptist Church and looked down that long aisle which led to the altar where my wife and baby lay in the same casket. I started the walk and the procession, and the aisle grew longer and longer before me. My legs got weak, my knees wouldn't work right, my eyes became blind with a flood of tears. There Nettie lay, cold, unmoving, unspeaking, end quote. After the death of his wife and child, Dorsey was tempted to return to secular blues music as a revenge for God not saving his wife and child. Instead, Dorsey found one of his greatest inspirations, which led to his most famous song, Precious Lord, Take My Hand. Precious Lord, take my Gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ, and the term gospel comes from the Bible, where the books that speak on the life of Jesus are called the books of the gospel. Dorsey believed that a gospel song was a revelation of a personal experience. Down through the ages, gospel, what? What did they say it was? You mean to tell me you don't know that good news? On down through the ages, gospel was good news. Now, if you don't know that, I was throw you out here myself. So gospel music is the good news of Jesus Christ in song. And traditionally, gospel music has been traditionally an African-American art form. But now we have um, cultures, all different cultures, singing gospel music. But um, gospel music is the good news of Jesus Christ uh, in song with a birth out of Negro spirituals, I would say. Mr. Dorsey's being a blues pianist brought a, a blues sound to gospel music. The blues and gospel music have similar setups. The rhythms are very similar, at least the, that which Mr. Dorsey brought to gospel music. The rhythms are similar. Um, the styles are similar. Um, one of the main differences is that in the blues, the blues is usually 12 bars. Uh, gospel music tends to be 8 or 16. But um, the blues sound gave more of a homey, emotional type of experience uh, to gospel music. Initially, Mainstream churches did not accept Dorsey's gospel music because of its apparent secular influence. The religious music that Dorsey proposed at that time called for a drastic departure from the music practices of the large Protestant black churches in Chicago. But in spite of the old line church's objections to the music, the growth of the congregations and the churches that played Dorsey's gospel music convinced other churches to integrate gospel into their services. Along with writing gospel music, Dorsey was also a highly sought-after choir director and organizer in Chicago, which was considered the home of gospel. His first choir was formed at Pilgrim Baptist Church, and he co-founded the first national convention of gospel choirs and choruses. According to the Reverend Augustus A. Evans, assistant under Dorsey at Pilgrim Church, the larger the church, the bigger the choirs, and the greater the demand for good music.
Consequently, the churches hired top musicians and paid them good salaries for training their choirs. Mr. Dorsey wasn't, wasn't, he sung, but he wasn't, I don't think singing was his gift. He sang from his heart, um, being a piano and whatnot, but he knew how to get the best out of singers. And uh, he worked with people like Mahalia Jackson and, and uh, James Cleveland. I think he helped develop their, their styles. Most gospel historians agree that Thomas Dorsey wrote and produced over 1,000 gospel songs, holding the copyrights for approximately 500 of those. Thomas A. Dorsey influenced many people in both life and death. He seemed to have a gift for bringing out the best in soloists and choirs. He had a deep understanding of the African-American voice and life experience. He mentored Mahalia Jackson, who was considered the mother of gospel. He worked with Willie Mae Ford Smith, Sally Martin, and the Staple Singers, and many other gospel groups and choirs. All who worked with Dorsey became better because of the experience. Thomas A. Dorsey's creation, leadership, and legacy in gospel music have changed the way people have worshipped God in song for more than half a century. His legacy lives on through the music we hear today. and radio family. I am continuing with the tribute to Dr. Thomas Dorsey and the music of convention he started so many years ago. I have reached out to a few special friends who are members of the National Convention of Gospel Choirs and Courses and I've asked them to share their experiences with being a part of the convention. So right now we are going to hear from Corrine and Lori Robinson, a beautiful, beautiful mother and daughter duo as well as long-standing members of the convention and have asked them to share their journey as being a part of the NCGCC. So would you all share with our listeners where you reside and which chapter you represent the convention? I'll let Ms. Corrine let us uh, tell everybody what that is. Well, anyway, my name is Corrine Robinson and when we started going to the national convention is the Greater Cleveland Coral chapter now. And uh, when we started going to the convention, we stayed in homes, in people's homes. We didn't stay in hotels. And uh, we would travel, and uh, it, it was, wherever city we went to, it was somebody's house that we would stay in. And it was wonderful. And then uh, that went on for about, mm, I would say, two, maybe two, three years before we actually uh, started staying in hotels. And, uh, and that was really, really a delightful thing for us. We thought we were really big time. We set buses. <laughs> And then uh, we got to the place where we would drive our cars to, you know, to these different cities and things. So uh, we've met so many people through the convention. And, uh, you know, Thomas Dorsey, he was the president. And um, and his uh, sidekick was, uh, her name will come back to me, uh, Sally Martin. Sally Martin, yes. Sally Martin. She, she, she was a great one. And then, uh, oh, let me see. And then there was Geneva Gentry. And then there was, uh, wait a minute, I don't want to forget, there's another one that I can't remember right now, but maybe her name will come to me. Well, maybe but, Mother uh, Willa Mae Ford Smith, maybe? Oh, yeah, Willie Mae Ford. You know more than I do, honey. But <laughs> That's I'm not all right. right. I can't remember. Yeah, That's Willa all right. Ford. Yeah, she was one. And then, 
Oh, what's the other one's name? Oh, it may be to come to me before I get off this phone. That's but right. uh, there were so many, and it's been so many years now, and I'm up in age now. I'm at the age they were when we started. Right. And uh, so it's kind of, you know, you forget as this thing, you know, as time go on. But uh, Mother Gentry and Willie Mae Forsmith and um, Sally Martin and all those, we grew up, we grew up with them. Right, and, exactly. Uh, yes, and you know all the chapters. We had our own presidents and different things like that. But uh, and I was a chapter president for the Greater Cleveland Choral Chapter, awesome. and for all the years, for forever. You know, until we, you know, I'm still the president. I guess if we go, but uh, <laughs> I was, I was in you know early twenties then. You know, right. and now I'm in, I'm in early eighties now. So that goes to tell you how time goes by. But that to show you the longevity you've had with the oh, convention, yeah. and that's awesome. Oh, yes. And we used to drive cars at one time. Then we went to buses. You know, when we got a little older, then we started flying okay. <laughs> to different places to <laughs> where we were going to be. But it was very interesting that we met so many people from across, you know, really across the United States. Because uh, we stayed in, um, uh, we've been to uh, California, we've been to the New York, we've been some every place you name, we've had a convention there, and uh, it was very you know, we still have them right but like now. Since whatever's going on, you know, with, with the weather and the city and the climate and the COVID and all that, we haven't been, but we stay in touch, you know, with our, our people. And right. uh, so that was just about it because I was president of the Cleveland Corps chapter for years, right. for, for over 40 years. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And so, with Lori, uh, pretty much, you know, since I know your parents, you know, were a part of the convention, you pretty much grew up <laughs> in the convention. Yes. Um, so, uh, so I mean, and I and I remember attending as well, you know, we're in the youth and the young adult, and, you know, being around all those young people at one time. So, you know, share some yes. of your experience of, you know, growing up pretty much, you know, attending the convention. So, absolutely. Um, I can remember, I believe it was in 1977 when I had, when I started the, my experience with the convention. I think I was like nine years old, maybe. Wow. But um, my parents were always affiliated with some type of gospel group in the Prestonians. I think one of the conventions was here in Cleveland some years ago, um, Prestonians and Reverend Earl Preston was over the Prestonians. Um, and I remember going to uh, the Cleveland convention that he had here as a kid. And then I had my first plane ride um, going to Pittsburgh um, in 77. And I remember my dad, because um, they had vendors and everything everywhere. And uh, my father uh, I remember one time he was selling candy. He was like the candy man. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he also um, was a part of the security team for Dr. Right. Corsley. Right. And um, any of the, the 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 stars of the gospel world, he would escort them and make sure, you know, he was a part of the security team. And that was Reverend Fred Robinson Sr. And he was also on the soloist board, too. Uh, he was a member of that. And I've always been around music and all my life, but the convention just growing up and I started off as a preteen, the subteams. And um, just meeting friends over the years and looking forward to the next convention um, and just creating bonds and relationships um, over the period of time. Right. And uh, just the gospel um, experience, you know, gospel music isn't just a single genre. 
I mean, it covers a wide range of styles, sounds, and um, messages, you know, and um, and just guided by the, the the love of the Holy Spirit. Um, it's just so impactful. Um, just getting good gospel music constantly for five days was just wonderful experience, and and it just many people from all over and. A lot of the gospel music that's playing on the radio today, a lot of this, uh, the writers came from the Dorsey Convention. Exactly, exactly. You know? Right. Yeah. That's very true. That is very true. And you you talked about, you know, the bonds that you formed and, you know, going year after year after year. And I can just say, I mean, all these years later, you know, I, I know people from, you know, even though I don't attend any longer, but I still am friends with people that I met, you know, back when I was a teenager and a young adult. And it's, you know, you still have that, you know, that camaraderie and that, you know, that that bond, like you said. And um, that is just like, that's just something that's just irreplaceable. You know what I'm saying? That, that gospel music can bring people together like that. Absolutely. You know? yes, like definitely. I said, it just covers so much. Uh, gospel music is just... <laughs> It's just, it's a part of American culture. Exactly, exactly. And, and, and we had the opportunity to, you know, get it firsthand from Dr. Dorsey himself and all the people that, all people's lives that he touched by, you know, passing down his legacy and it's still standing today. And that's the most beautiful thing. And that's why I wanted to do this tribute to him because I know how he, how his, what he did impacted my life and it has impacted so many lives of so many other people. So. I appreciate the both of you, you know, sharing your experiences with me um, and just knowing that, you know, what the same thing that the same journey I had, you all have had and continue to have. So thank you both for sharing with me tonight. And um, we just say God bless you. And I'm sure everyone's looking forward to the opportunity to get back together again in person. Because um, I think what the next convention is, what is it next year in Orlando? Is that correct, Miss? It is Orlando. But I wanted to say this before I hang up. Everybody sings Precious Lord. Take my yes, hand. yes, Thomas yes. Dorsey. Yes. Convention. That's yes. His, he was the author and the writer of that song. And that is correct. In, uh, in several different languages, they sing Precious Lord. Yes, so they do. Yeah, I, I, we had to put that in there. <laughs> that's right. Oh, yes, definitely. That's, that's a universal song. So definitely yes. thank you for adding that extra point in there about precious Lord. Thank you for sharing that. So thank you ladies for your time and, and just sharing with me. I appreciate you all so much. You're so you welcome. Take care. Thanks for walking us on here. Oh, most definitely. I was like, I, I know, I know, I know a couple people. I know I have to have them say a few words. So I'm glad that I was able to go ahead and set this up so you all can share. So thank you both so very much. You're, You're so welcome. welcome. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. Let's go. Sometimes stumbling, 
sometimes falling sometimes alone friends and love ones I love so dear many many are gone but still I'm here Precious Lord, and lead me on. I want you. Let's go. Come on. Mr. Dorothy have accomplished what he set out to do. And when God gets ready for the time clock to stop, there won't be no more Dorothy. But the things he's done will live on. Hey, I'm Robin Oliver. I'm a member of the D.C. Choral Union, affiliated with the National Convention of Gospel Choirs and Choruses. My first going to the convention was in 2007 and that was in Louisville, Kentucky 
was invited by uh, now President Carol Tatum to um, go with her as her roommate. It was an experience. Um, Early morning, she said, you know, morning glory session started at 7 a.m. from 7 to 8, and then there was classes, and I took a class from 8 to 9, 9 to 10, and 10 to 11. Went to a worship service at 11 to whenever it was over, then I had rehearsal from 2 to 4, and somewhere between 4 and 6, I tried to find something to eat, and then rehearsal, no, then, sorry, then, uh, evening session from 8 until 11-ish, or 10.30, and then alumni rehearsal from 11 to 1 o'clock, uh, and it was a tiring week, but managed to see different people, meet different people, um, it was just an experience that each year got better. And I learned to juggle my time a little better in getting rest. Not much, <laughs> but um, to meet new people and look forward to seeing them the following year. So each year it got better. And then I knew how to do things a little um, time efficient to get take two classes to make sure I can get breakfast in. And uh, to learn the songs and the to see what they meant and to get a closer um, feeling of how God works through different people, through the different songs that they give and just to watch people grow. So from the young people that I've seen when I first started in 2007 up to now, they are adults, young adults graduating from college and to see how the Lord has anointed them through ministry to thrive and look forward to coming back every year to see a array of preachers, teachers, and to know that I may not have been able to be um, under the leadership of Thomas Dorsey. I was able to be under Bishop Moles and now Dr. Mary Beth Gentry and just to watch their leadership with the convention and to know that they love and look after each individual and it's a family so having a you know here you got a family reunion every year and you look forward to it and with the pandemic it was I missed it I miss different people I still keep in touch with people via email, texts, Facebook, when I'm looking forward to being with them, seeing them, greeting them, hugging them, and and rejoicing with them over the blessings um, that the Lord has bestowed upon them. Thank you for the opportunity to share, but if anyone who has an opportunity to go to the National Convention of Gospel Choirs and Choruses, join a, a chapter and, and come and see for yourself how the experience will change your life to make you 
oh, I can't miss another year. I got to go back. I got to save. Start your book, you know, saving now for the 2022 um, convention that will be in Orlando, Florida. To God be the glory. Thank you. Twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. Giving you what you need on IamReady.com. Welcome back, I Am Radio family, and thank you for continuing to stay tuned with me here on Candid Conversations with Lady K. It's been such a blessing to hear all of the wonderful songs written by Dr. Thomas A. Dorsey, which continues to spread the good news all around the world. I also appreciate those who have shared their experiences as members of the National Convention of Gospel Choirs and Courses that Dr. Dorsey founded so many years ago. So I have the awesome honor to have joining me on the show, another longstanding member of the National Convention and one of its board director members. This individual is also the regional director for the Southwest region of the National Convention, as well as the founder and chairman of their male chorus. Please everyone welcome Mr. Michael Pickett. Hello, Michael, and how are you doing today? Where, where is he, where is he? Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing pretty good, what about you? I am doing great and I am just truly excited that you were able to join me on the show today. So thank you so much for being here. I'm glad to be here, glad to be here. Awesome, awesome. So as I mentioned in the introduction about your longstanding membership with the convention, as well as the positions you hold within the organization, um, I know, you know, to just share to touch base the surface of your experience. So would you share with us your journey uh, with being a part of the National Convention? Wow, uh, I guess it's been a long, uh, a, a fairly long journey. Um, Considering that I'm just 39 years old, uh, I've been part of the convention over 40 years. Wow. Uh, it's a miracle. It's a miracle. <laughs> yeah, um, I started back in the 70s. Uh, and um, uh, just have been going ever since. Uh, held several uh, offices in the convention. I've been uh national director uh, music director for the youth department uh i've been national pianist i've been uh uh the alumni music chairperson i have been the alumni chairperson uh i have been uh probably some other things and and some uh, other things uh, during my journey, um, but uh, it has been a long and fruitful journey. I think uh, my involvement with the National Convention of Gospel Chorus, Choirs and Courses has uh, helped um, helped me musically, helped my journey, uh, helped me grow as a musician, uh, um, has influenced me as a musician, and uh, uh, it's just been a a uh, great partnership between that institution and me. <laughs> awesome. Well, I mean, I I've known you for 
several years. We won't say how many. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it. We're both 39. How about that? <laughs> there you go. Yeah, back, back, back in those days where you were my director for the youth department at Cleveland Coral Chapter. <laughs> I can say for myself, you know, I, I, I will always be grateful for the opportunities you afforded me to, you know, to you know, allow my gift to make room for itself when God allowed it. Um, and I will never, ever forget those opportunities. And like even times you say, okay, can't you? So we're going to do this. I'm like, we're you doing what? Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Michael. <laughs> yes. But, you know, it was just always a pleasure. And, um, you know, it's, and it's just like you, I was hearing from other, some of the other members sharing their experiences during the show, you know, of the rich legacy of the convention and how everybody looks forward to returning each year and each year yeah. for another convention session. And those are the times I remember too. Um, so can you expound on, you know, you know, how you, what you feel attributes to that excitement to return back each year? Uh, National Convention of Gospel Cars and Courses is just a big family reunion for us, you know. Right. Um, I guess for those of us who, who bought into it, and uh, um, we have just come a great big extended family uh, uh, to one another. Uh, I can say, I guess before this uh, started out, uh, uh, I was talking about how much you look like your mom. And, uh, <laughs> and I know that because of the National Convention of Gospel Choirs and Courses, you mentioned that, uh, that uh, your aunt had passed. Uh, I knew uh, your aunt Gwen, and I, and our where I was, she was in. Uh, 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 she helped me when I was in my career as a uh, as a. Um, what, what did I do? I was a, a computer programmer because oh, uh, uh, she worked at uh, Mellon. Mellon Bank, yes, sir. Right, and and, and she while she was working in. Uh, uh, Pittsburgh. I was in uh, Philadelphia working at Mellon, and so I, I mean, those kinds of relationships have, uh, you know, helped us throughout our entire life. Um, I mean, just the people. I, I just have an extended family of brothers and sisters all across the country, just because of that, and uh, it's just been a blessing uh, for me. Yeah. And I can I can totally resonate with that, you know, as even though I'm no longer an active member, I mean, I do remember the anticipation and looking forward to returning sure. next year, you know, who you were going to see, you know, the songs we we're going to learn, you know, just, oh my goodness, you, know, yeah. you know, the, you know, all the different services and everything, you know, those are just like the things, the highlights that you just remember, you know, it's just, it just always just, you know, you just thought about those things and, and then, you know, with that being said, we realized, you know, the state of our country, you know, what's facing right now with the worldwide pandemic, you know, I know things have changed greatly with everyone as well was with the convention um, and how they had to maneuver to kind of keep going. So, so can you share, you know, how things have been proceeding over the past year and a half and, you know, with the convention and how the convention will continue moving forward in the future? Yeah. Um... It's been a step-by-step -step journey uh, with us uh, through this pandemic. And I guess that's just like everybody else. Um, our, uh, just before the pandemic uh, uh, really came into full force, I think back in March of um, 2019, uh, was it 20 or 2020? 
okay. March of 2020. Um, I remember um, I was, a, I, we were about to host um, a regional, um, meaning, you know, uh, the unions and things in, in the Southwest region, which are mostly in Texas, Las Vegas, uh, uh, and Louisiana. Um, we were going to come together and have a meeting in San Antonio. Um, that was the second weekend in March of last year. And um, um, we got news that, you know, uh, somebody was reported as having the virus and, and had been uh, uh, and had been traced running around in various places, you know, in the city. Wow. And, and that caused everybody to get a scare to the point that I had to uh, make the decision to cancel that regional. And I remember going back to the board of directors and reporting that, um, not knowing that a few weeks later, the whole country was going to shut down. And then we had to start making decisions to try to cancel our convention, then to get out of the, con the contract that we had with the hotel. Okay. And uh, uh, it has been, uh, it has just been a journey. Um, not alone, let alone uh, trying to figure out how we were going to uh, maintain uh, having a convention and, and try to do it in a way uh, where we wouldn't be able to have the opportunity to meet in person. Um, that's been a journey also, uh, but our virtual conventions uh, this year and last year, I, I think they were uh, quite a success. Uh, you know, we had some rough patches and, and you know, uh, everybody has a different opinion on how well it went, but uh, I mean, we basically, we were doing something that we'd never done before. And I think uh, this year we did it better than we did last year. So we, we've kind of improved uh, with doing that and, and, and improved to the point that I know there are a lot of people who are saying, well, when we, when we do meet again, and hopefully we will be able to meet again in, um, uh, Orlando next year. Okay. Um, Great. Uh, we, we may, we will probably have to uh, maintain some type of uh, virtual presence, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, at the convention. Exactly. I think I think the whole virtual aspect, I don't think that's ever going to leave us in any capacity. I think we're always going to have to have that option for people. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I really believe that's going to be our our normal <laughs> as we yeah. continue going forward, you know, so so that's great to hear that, you know, at least you are still looking to plan in person for um, for next year in 2020. So I'm sure everybody will be looking forward to that to seeing um, everybody's faces, <laughs> you know. Yes, we miss, we miss seeing each other exactly. uh, very much to the point of, you know, this year uh, uh, we had, a, musically, we had a, a few segments like uh, my group and alumni chorale, we chose to do uh, virtual choirs right. in terms of our presentation for the convention. But uh, the mass choir, and uh, the young adults and the youth department, they uh, chose to come together in St. Louis to, uh, to record something live in order for them to, uh, you know, 
to play back during the uh, virtual convention. And, and just because everybody was going to St. Louis to, to do those recordings, you know, a bunch of the rest of us said, well, we're just going just so, <laughs> just because we miss <laughs> one another, you know, um, just to be in the number. We've been stuck in a home at home for a year <laughs> without going anywhere. Right. Uh, so a lot of us just went just to go. Yeah, exactly. So that's I mean, the kind of family, you know, right. that we uh, that we experience at the convention. Exactly. So everybody, you you've heard it from one of the board members. They are looking forward to being in person uh, August twenty twenty. I mean August twenty twenty two in Orlando, Florida. So yes. be on the lookout for more information on that. Um, and also, um, you know, I just wanted to mention, you know, you were talking about uh, people doing uh, some things virtually um, with their different choirs. Um, and, you know, I, I just really appreciate all that you've contributed to the convention over the years. You know, your musical gifts and your passion, um, it, it, it truly is masterful. And I'm not just saying it because I know you, I'm just saying it because I know that it's true and others can vouch for what I'm saying as well. And um, as you said, I'm going to share a little um, on our show today. Um, I'm going to air the phenomenal voices of the male chorus from the National <laughs> Convention singing uh, the song that you all did. He did me because it was the buzz of the convention virtually this year. Everybody was talking about it. So I definitely want everyone to get a chance to hear it. Um, but Michael, would you can you share the um, the website for the National Convention if people want to just like go on there and just kind of you know learn more about it? Because I mean, I know you and I know things about it, but there might be some listeners out there who you know have heard of the convention but might want to just you know log on and just kind of see what things are about. Yes, our, our national website is NCGCC, like National Convention. Gospel Choirs and Courses, NCGCC Inc, I-N-C Incorporated.com, NCGCC Inc.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that, because like I said, I know there might be some people who might want to, you know, log on and see, you know, the different uh, locations of the different regions, and, you know, somebody might want to join so they can be in Orlando next year. So mm -hmm. I encourage you all to do that, and, you know, and so, uh, Michael, I just want to thank you for stopping by to share with us on today and just you know, really just uh, letting everyone know, you know, where the convention is right now and that they're continuing to move forward and to bring us continued great, great gospel music with all the talent all over the, all over the world that comes together. So um, we thank you again for stopping by. It's truly been a blessing having you on the show today. Hey Amen. It's good talking to you too. All right. You take care and you stay safe and we'll talk again real soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. He leadeth me, O oh, blessed thought, with words of heavenly comfort fraught. Whate'er I do, where'er I be, Still tis God's hand that leadeth me.
Sometimes it seems of deepest gloom. Sometimes where Eden's bowers bloom, by water still all troubles. God's hand that leadeth me. Oh. 
activating the mind and spirit on I Am Radio. Well, I Am Radio family, we have come to the end of our show. I pray that you were blessed by what was shared during our time today. I am a firm believer that knowledge is power. And if we meditate on what we've heard and apply what we've learned, we will see the evidence of victory in our lives. Please be sure to reach out to me via my social media platforms. On Facebook, you can find me as Cantrice Dorsey and on Instagram as Cantrice D. Also, if there's a topic you want to have discussed, here on Candid Conversations, please send me an email to IamRadioStation.com. Until next time, stay safe, stay well, and stay blessed.